Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program, featuring heartwarming stories, great information, and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR. You're listening in on 8.55am, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. Today from the Brainwaves team we have Helen and Alana and we're going to be interviewing Annie Whitehead. Wellways has a long and valued history of people sharing their experience of mental health issues and disability as a way of creating community awareness and social change. Each year, Wellways hosts an annual Bruce Woodcock Memorial Lecture to discuss current mental health issues. This year's theme is Sharing Stories, Changing Lives, with Uncle Jack Charles as the keynote speaker. Uncle Jack is an inspirational and passionate orator who informs and encourages people to examine aspects of their life and society to seek opportunities for transformation and growth. Brainwaves will be running a series of three shows over the next three weeks where we will be chatting with a speaker from the Woodcock Lecture on the topic of transformative storytelling. Transformative storytelling is the act of listening to other individuals sharing their experiences of mental illness who may learn how harmful social exclusion and stigma can be. They feel empathy, they might revise their own prejudices and stigmas and they might reflect on their own life experience of emotional and experimental ups and downs. For people who have a lived experience of mental illness, or of being a supporter, family member or carer, hearing other people's stories can be a powerful affirmation of their own experiences and can assist them in their own recovery. So for week two, we're going to be talking to Annie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Annie. The annual Bruce Woodcock Memorial Lecture will be held on Wednesday the 11th of October from 6pm to 8pm at the Arts Centre in Melbourne at the ANZ Pavilion. The theme this year is Sharing Stories, Changing Lives, with Uncle Jack Charles as the keynote speaker. The event is free and open to all. We encourage you all to come by registering online at eventbrite.com. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role within the mental health community? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I am living in Tasmania with my wife and our youngest son and we have four older children who also live in Hobart, Tassie. Um, my role within the mental health community, uh, I've always had some interest, um, even when I was primarily a client, I sort of felt drawn to supporting others in group sessions. Uh, I was one of those annoying ones that wouldn't shut up. Um, started doing some work with Aspire back in 2010 in peer work and that led to some guest speaker appearances and at the same time I was part of a community group called Connect for Life which is an LGBTI community support group. Uh, We started moving into areas of suicide prevention and training 
and then last year I joined Wellways as a casual peer worker and I'm currently about to start a 0.6 role um, as an intentional peer support worker for 12 months. So, yeah, it's about it, I think. (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your own mental health journey? Um, Long, up and down, all over the place. Um, it pretty much started in primary school, but um, I didn't really sort of get any sort of diagnosis till I was in my 30s. Um, I went through, you know, depression, anxiety, suicidality growing up, um, and at the time, no one sort of really understood what was going on, and it wasn't sort of till I was in my 30s that they started talking about maybe we have bipolar here or maybe it's psychothymia or maybe it's PTSD and they really weren't quite sure. Um, A few years ago I was diagnosed as autistic and my current psychiatrist um, is leaning heavily towards borderline personality disorder and and PTSD in my early years. So we still really don't know. Um, It's been an interesting journey. Um, But, um, yeah, I... um, was pretty much alone for most of that time and, you know, just trying to raise the kids and get through life Um, and eventually sort of, you know, started reaching out and getting some help and, you know, moving forward a bit, yeah. Um, I could imagine that it would be quite tough with um, it going up and down all the time. Mm, Um, It was, yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. Um, Have you overcome any social barriers of all right violations during your journey? And how did you overcome these? How long do we have? (laughs) 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 Um, Yes, it's a simple question, a simple answer. Uh, Look, probably some of the ones that stand out the most were things like um, being kicked out of my church youth group because I was pregnant at 16 and setting a bad example to other kids. Um, That was a, a huge... Uh, turning point for me in my life um, and partially, um, you know, sent me on a a major downward spiral. Um, There were things like, um, you know, the undiagnosed autism causing issues at school, mainly with teachers that didn't understand um, why I was the way I was um, and being kicked out at the end of grade 10 because I was too much trouble. Um... In more recent years, you know, we've had experiences of um, uh, discrimination in, you know, the hospital system um, because of our LGBTI status um, and, you know, and just, you know, the usual sort of issues that come up with family and community that don't, when they don't understand, you know, why you might be acting the way you are, you know, when there's a mental illness involved and no one actually knows you have a mental illness. Okay, thank you. Can I ask, how did you go about seeking the right supports and therapies for yourself? Uh, for a long time, I, I just read a lot. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big reader, and because uh, I was quite isolated, I sort of searched for answers in books. Um, but eventually I started reaching out to um, support groups at our local community houses and um, talking to people, asking questions, reading more. Um, it was a bit of trial and error, really. I, um, I started doing volunteer work when the kids started school, and that helped to build up my confidence again. And um, 
went through dozens of different counsellors and um, eventually started uh, practising mindfulness meditation um, and just, you know, you know, finding those sorts of things that helped me to stay calmer and well um, and still asking questions and still talking. Um, yeah, absolutely. I believe mindfulness really um, helps me calm down, calm the nerves and things like that. Sorry, what was that? Um, yeah, I just I believe like um, when you mentioned mindfulness, that yeah. um, that's a big um, support and like therapy just for yourself. Um, yes. Yeah. But how did you go with um, reclaiming your identity, personal power, and going on your life pathway? Um, I think the biggest thing for myself was reclaiming a spiritual practice. Uh, it was something I grew up with, um, and I hadn't realised how much I had missed that um, when I lost that connection with the church and although my spiritual pathway took a very different road um, you know finding those sort of connections really helped me to regain some identity and my personal power um, and starting to look at things like you know challenging myself with telling my story um, as a lived experience speaker uh, writing a lot and putting it out for the public comment um, I, put, I challenged myself one year, for instance, to uh, doing a year of gratitude on Facebook. And um, so, yeah, every day I had to put up a post about something I was grateful for. And that was, a, you know, a huge learning curve. And um, I gained so much from that. Um, I think, it, you know, really sort of changed my life. Um, a friend of mine shared a quote with me recently from a, um, a lecture that he went to about showing up and not giving up and um, I, yeah, I, sort of looking back I thought, you know, that's kind of just what I did. I just kept showing up and not giving up because um, I believe that, you know, when you're presented with a challenge that you have the opportunity for learning and growth. Um, so I try to face those challenges instead of running away, which kind of used to be my default you know, thing when I was younger, um, and yeah, just doing stuff like that. Okay, thank you. Um, what is the sense that you've made of your experience of mental illness? Um, well, I've always believed that this isn't my first time on earth. Um, I think that I'm here to learn and teach something, and uh, something that I missed last time round. So, you know, I've spent many years wanting to opt out of life because uh, it was just all too hard. And um, it was only when I sort of started to accept um, my life the way it is that I actually found a way to move forward. And um, that's, I suppose, been... It was, that was probably the beginning of a, you know, uh, a recovery journey. And so, you know, I think my mental illness has taught me a lot. Um, what has been your experience with sharing your story um, with other people and getting it heard within society? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it matters how many times you do it. Every time I get up to speak somewhere or do a radio interview, my stomach is just full of butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I often start these sort of conversations off with a thought in my head like, is this going to be the one time when I get judged and cop all this negative feedback? And it's like, oh, please don't let it be this time. <laughs> Um, but look, the reality has been very positive and it's been a lot of acceptance and understanding, so I've really enjoyed it, yeah. Yep. And what do you think the impact of sharing um, for story has been on others? Uh, 
you know, I said to him, I wrote here before, I think it helps. And I thought, no, that's just my lack of self-confidence talking. I know it helps. Um, I know it certainly helped me to read other people's stories. And I've had enough feedback from other people, you know, to um, confirm that. Uh, I, I think it creates a space for conversation for other people who are struggling. And it's it certainly helped me to form deeper relationships with my old friends who didn't know my story. Um, and I, I think I've gained a lot of respect from people for it, yeah. Um, what is some of the feedback that you have received um, after you're sharing your story? Um, look, gratefulness, thank you. Um, you know, um, yeah, people opening up to me about their own struggles and talking about ways they might get help and move forward. Um, I think one of the funniest ones was my daughter coming on um, after I shared my story on the uh, Wellways blog and saying, I'm really sorry I got k- kicked out of um, youth group and then hashtagged it with sorry, not sorry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so, um, yeah, so look, you know, it, it's, there's been some really positive feedback and a lot of people that have shared the story and, um, you know, I've had people come up after different, you know, lived experience talks and just been very thankful um, that I've, you know, had the courage to open up and talk because it made them feel like they're not alone. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, what has been the most powerful story that you've heard and how did that change you? Um, I have a very close friend, Sharon Jones. Uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of Sharon. Um, she's currently featured on an SBS um, documentary and she was the first uh, professional female sheep shearer in Australia. Moved from Queensland down to Tasmania and that's where I met her. And she's had a really, really hard life and, um, you know, she... In her story, and I can talk about this because it is quite a public story, but she talked about the day that she decided that she wasn't going um, to transition um, from female to male, that um, she wasn't going to change her body to suit the world. She was going to change the world to suit her body. And she's been a huge advocate for um, the LGBTI um, community and for mental health and suicide prevention. And, you know... I've heard her story in various ways over the years and every time I hear it, it gives me hope. Um, and it, I suppose it started it started me off with a goal, you know, and it, it ignited a passion for community education and, um, you know, it was meeting Sharon that, you know, primarily led to me doing the work that I'm doing today. Um, just finally, um, what are the most common ways that, you think individuals can go about sharing their story um, and what advice do you have um, to the people who are considering this? Um, initially I started sharing anonymously online. Uh, I, was, I was really nervous about getting negative feedback um, because you know some of the stuff in my story isn't fantastic and I've made mistakes and you know I've, I've stuffed up. So I started off sharing bits and pieces in different support groups and things online. Um, what I found was I got a lot of positive feedback from other people in those groups and that gave me the confidence to talk more openly about myself. Um, 
I love social media platforms, you know, for sharing stories, but there's always a possibility of negative feedback and trolls who can be really damaging. Um, I try to dissect the negative comments for any potential truth or lessons, and I block the trolls. Um, but um, you know, I think the other area that I've gotten into that I, I think is really um, fantastic is you know organisations like Wellways and Cause, which is the community response to eliminating suicide in Tasmania and the Tasmanian Suicide Prevention Community Network, and I'm sure there are others as well, have lots of opportunity for lived experience speakers and, you know, getting into that sort of area um, has really has exposed me to a lot of people who do lived experience speaking and opportunities to learn and grow and in a very supportive environment as well. Um, so, look, you know, my, my advice would be just give it a go. You know, start in small doses, and yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, great. Um, did you have anything else more that you wanted to add? Um, no, other than thank you for the opportunity to do this interview, and um, yeah, it's been great. So that's all we have time for on Brainwaves today. You can catch more of our shows at our website, brainwaves.org.au, on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on iTunes. Um, just before we go, the Life and Community Volunteer Program supports people in social inclusion activities by encouraging community linkage, building on natural supports and developing social connections. This program provides volunteer support for up to three months to assist people who experience mental health issues in their recovery journey. Wellways is currently recruiting volunteers who have an interest in community human rights and social justice issues. Life and Community operates in Frankston and the inner north and southern areas of Melbourne. For more information, visit wellways.org and search Life in Community. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode in our transformative storytelling series. Um, stay tuned for Renegade Economists. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.